If you want supernatural power, you must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. Well, welcome to the One Cry Podcast. I'm so excited to be with you today. My name is Bill Eloff, and uh, my, my sidekick, my trusty sidekick, Kyle Reno, uh, couldn't be with us today. And uh, so I'm going to take some time to share some things with us. As you know, this podcast is devoted to uh, trying to encourage and accelerate the work of nationwide revival and spiritual awakening. And there's one person, sadly, that is not talked about very much when we talk about our nation, when we talk about our spiritual life, and it's the cause of a lack of revival and a lack of awakening in our country, and that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So for just a few minutes, I want us to talk about the role of the Holy Spirit in personal revival and also corporate revival. Now, if you can't seem to overcome a habitual problem or sin, or you're unable to forgive somebody who's hurt you, or you lack uh, kindness in your home, or you can't seem to just get it right in your life, or your church is not advancing, or there seems to be difficulty or problems among a group of people, we could go on and on and list all these issues Uh, The issue is you need power. You need power. And you don't need human power. You need the power of God. When the disciples were told by Jesus, I'm going away, uh, and then he, he took off into the sky and left them with their jaws open, saying, "Now, now what do we do? Jesus had said to them this amazing statement in Acts 1.8 you will receive power. Well, how do we get that? You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then it'll equip you to do what I've asked you to do, be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And just a few days later at Pentecost, the power of the Holy Spirit came to them. Now, how do we have that same power? How can we find that same power? And we want to be like the Acts Church. This was a powerful, powerful church that birthed a movement that has not stopped for over 2,000 years. But do you know something about the book of Acts? Do you know that the Holy Spirit is mentioned 60 times in the 28 chapters of the book of Acts? 60 times. That's almost twice every chapter, and 39 of those times are mentioned in conjunction with the in conjunction with the word fill or fullness, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So here's an important statement, and it's a statement about your revival, your family's revival, revival in your church, and revival in our nation. If you want supernatural power, you must be filled with the Holy Spirit. And let me just say that again so you won't miss this simple but critical statement. If you want spiritual power, if you long for that in your life, 
your family, our nation. You must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Unless you think that's something weird, that it's going to make you jump pews and uh, act like a kangaroo or do bizarre things, I, I want you to hear today that the filling of the Holy Spirit, which is often misunderstood for many and rarely experienced by many people, is to be the, the daily normal experience of our lives. So what is this filling of the Holy Spirit? What does it mean? Well, it begins by the Spirit entering. It begins by the Spirit entering. You can't be full of the Holy Spirit until you have the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, uh, there are four different historical accounts where the Spirit of God was given to the church. I, I believe uh, it was... Uh, this was showed up with the Jews and then with the Gentiles and John disciples and the Samaritans and was repeated with signs and wonders, just like Jesus' birth, signifying this is an unusual thing. Uh, but it's one primary teaching. They were being immersed into Christ and, and Christ in the person of the Holy Spirit into them. The baptism, you could call it, uh, into the Holy Spirit and by the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Suddenly there came a noise like a violent rushing wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then in verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other languages so that everybody who was there could hear in their own language. This was repeated several times. There's one great doctrinal verse that Paul gives us about this that's found in 1 Corinthians 12, 13. And it says this, For by one Spirit we are all baptized. That word means to be immersed, to be plunged into. We are all immersed into one body, baptized into one body, whether by Jews, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. So when I get saved, I am, I am placed, I am baptized by the work of the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ, and the Spirit of God comes to enter into me and to live in me. I know there's some disagreement among uh, Christians about this, but the important thing is once you have the Spirit, you have all you will ever need. Now, if, if I walked into the room where you are right now, I wouldn't come in my head rolling in, then my feet, then my torso. I would just come in in all my glory, right? I would just come in as one man. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, He comes in lock, stock, and barrel, right? completely. It's not like you get a little dab of the Holy Spirit and then you get a little bit more because the Holy Spirit is a person. And once you have him, you have all the spirit that you will ever have. Here's the question. How much of you does he have? And that leads us to an all important truth. The filling of the Holy Spirit begins by receiving, by having the Holy Spirit it continues by our emptying ourselves. 
The filling of the Spirit, we could define it like this. It's the release of a believer's life to the control of the Spirit within, empowering us for life and ministry. Now, right now, you're controlled by one of two entities. You're either controlled by yourself or you're controlled by Christ, right? I mean, there's absolutely uh, no no in-between. I'm either walking by the flesh, which means my mere humanity, what my flesh can do, or I'm walking, following after the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Either the flesh is control or the spirit is control. Either I'm in charge or Christ is in charge of my life. And this command that's given to us in the scripture, it's, it's uh, most clearly seen in Ephesians 5.18. It says, don't get drunk with wine. That leads to all kinds of excesses. But be filled by the Holy Spirit. Now, this indicates that this experience is continuous. Literally, the, the Greek verb is the idea of be being filled over and over again. Because every time I sin, I interrupt this control, right? I seize control. I push Christ off the throne and I take charge. It's a command. Jesus didn't say, well, it'd be nice if you're filled or occasionally I want you to be controlled by me. He says, I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Everything that you need, everything that you long for comes by being filled with the Spirit of God. And it's a choice, right? I can choose at any moment to say no to Christ or I can choose to say yes to him. I'm either filled with myself or I empty myself and I'm filled, controlled, dominated, led by the Holy Spirit. You say, well, Bill, why is it important to be filled with the Spirit? And what does that have to do with personal revival and with spiritual revival? Why should I constantly, daily, hourly pursue the filling of the Spirit? Well, let me just give you a a couple of reasons. Number one, it's the secret to a power-filled life, right? I mean, if you're not controlled by Christ, the world gets what you can give. And that's not very much at all. In fact, it's destructive. Jesus was the one who said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. I could take, I'm going to play golf in a few days and and I'm not very good. I could take a a golf glove and, and just lay it here on the table and say, hey, glove, go swing a golf club. Wouldn't do a thing. It's absolutely powerless. But if I take that glove and I slip my hand in it, I have the ability to swing a golf club. It's really not the glove that's swinging. It's, it's the power that's inside of it. Your life is absolutely powerless. Powerless to overcome sin, powerless to speak right, to think right, to make right decisions, to have the right effect on people's lives. But when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, and dominated, controlled by him, then we receive power. Charles Spurgeon, the great Spurgeon, the great preacher, said, Without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are as ships without wind. We are useless. And Martin Lloyd Jones, the great expositor in England, said, 
There's nothing so utterly useless as a, as a merely formal Christian. Wow. Well, why should I be filled? It's the key to a powerful life. And secondly, it's the key to a free and fruitful life. I mean, that great passage in Galatians chapter 5, it says, walk by the Spirit, follow the Spirit, cooperate with the Spirit, say yes to the Spirit, be filled with the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Now, if you were standing right here in front of me, and I said, hey, walk to the left, you could walk to the left. And I said, now, walk to the right, you could walk to the right. If I said, now, walk both ways, you, you can't do it. It's impossible. So Paul makes a statement in Galatians 5.16. He says, if you follow the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And the deeds of the flesh are evident, he said. Drunkenness, anger, etc. And then he said, though, but the fruit that is produced when the Holy Spirit is in control of your life is love, joy, peace, patience, meekness, kindness, temperance, self-control, all those things that really uh, are, are simply Christ living through you. You're free, you're liberated, and you're empowered when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then thirdly, it's the key to an effective, powerful life for desperately needy world. I don't have to convince you today that our world is in critical need. We are in a, in a uh, linchpin moment. And we are seeing in America, for instance, with all the good things that God is doing in churches and in Christian ministries, uh, it's not stopping the free fall of immorality and godlessness in our nation. There's the darkness of the enemy's lies everywhere, the weakness of an inward, irrelevant church in so many places, the reprobate minds of people who've forgotten God, uh, and all of these things are not going to be remotely touched by people who are not filled with God. But look at the Acts Church, and remember the 60 times the Spirit and his fullness are mentioned. Here are humble, simple, many times uneducated people who stand up filled with the Holy Spirit, and suddenly thousands of people are ushered into the kingdom of God. If history tells us anything, it's the overwhelming, unstoppable force of humble believers who pray, are filled with the Spirit, and speak the Word of God with boldness. A.W. Tozer, one of my favorite men of God in our past, said, if the Holy Spirit was, was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they were doing would stop and everybody would know the difference. You see, an army of men and women, this army, by the way, is called the church, filled with the Holy Spirit, 
and willing to move at his slightest touch is an unstoppable force. And this is how the kingdom of advances. This is how revival comes. So can I close? Often we uh, interview somebody to get a little testimony. Can I close with my testimony? My granddad and my dad were both preachers, and I came to know Christ early. But I wandered in my junior high and high school years away from the Lord, wanting to be like everybody else and, and be accepted. In, in my junior year in high school, I, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was tired of sins that I couldn't seem to conquer. I was tired of a, a, a really meaningless life. I was tired of lying. I was tired of playing a game. So I decided I was going to do better. And, and I went to work at being a good Christian. Do you know what happened? I was a miserable failure. I tried and tried and tried to overcome certain sins. It was just, it was just absolutely unproductive. One night in April of 1969, sitting in a church service, uh, I just said to the Lord, Lord, I, I surrender. I give up. I can't do this. And I, then I prayed this prayer, Lord, if there's anything you want to do with my life, you'll have to do it because I can't. It was almost if God said with a smile, I've been waiting for you to say that. Because you see, you can't. I never said you could, but I can. And I always said I would. I went home, got absolutely honest with my parents who had been deceiving about so many things. And my wonderful dad and mother and, and one of my brothers, Jim, that was at home at the time and uh, wanted to disciple me, and uh, they began to pour into me. And I realized for the first time in my life that Jesus was not someone on the outside of my life that I put on a pedestal and would try to do the best I could to be like Jesus. You know, what would Jesus do? The Spirit of God had come to live inside of me. Christ was in me, the hope of glory. And it was a matter of surrendering to his control and letting him fill me and control my life. This, other than my salvation, was the most dramatic change that ever happened in my life. And I've learned through the years that any life, any joy, any power comes simply by being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. During that time, I, in those early days, I listened many times to a tape by Major Ian Thomas, and he quoted a poem, and, and it went like this. When Jesus died for me on Calvary, he paid the penalty for all of my sin. He suffered all the pain my sinful heart to gain, and now... His spirit lives within. I'm just a suit of clothes that Jesus wears. My body is the house in which he lives. My voice is his to talk and my feet are his to walk. I'm just a suit of clothes that Jesus wears. He rose again to bring abundant grace and to justify us before our Father's face. I live no more but he lives out his life through me, and I'm just a vessel that's fashioned by his grace. 
So as life goes on, I care not come what may. He carries all my burdens and my cares. For me, the battle's done. For he's the victory won. I'm just a suit of clothes that Jesus wears. Do you want to know personal revival? Then be filled with the Holy Spirit. Cry out to him. Confess to him. Repent before him but surrender your life to his control and be filled with the Spirit. You want your church to see revival? Then lead them to be filled with the Spirit of God and see what happens. And I want us to pray for this right now. And I wonder if you, right where you are, in your car, in your home, would just bow and pray with me. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we're so grateful. We're so overwhelmed. We know that we've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God that we could be experiencing. But we're so grateful that you sent Christ to pay the penalty for our sin, and then you sent the Holy Spirit to give us the power to be restored to your image, to be conformed to the image of your Son. And we are changed now from glory to glory to glory by the Spirit. So, Lord, we're so grateful. And forgive us for all the days, all the months we've wasted not being controlled by you. Lord, we get so, uh, we get so enamored and so pulled away by silly, trivial trinkets from the world. Cleanse us from that, Lord. And we pray you'd make us aware of what is causing us to seize control from you and try to take control of our lives. Forgive us for that. And Father, we pray even right now, we gladly surrender to your control. We ask your Spirit to fill us and take charge of us And we ask then, Lord, that you would use us in powerful ways for your glory and for your sake. So we give ourselves to you, Jesus, in your precious holy name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Go walk by the Spirit and see what God will do. And don't miss next time on One Cry, uh, our One Cry podcast. I'll have my old sidekick uh kyle reno back with us and we'll look at what it takes to see revival and spiritual awakening come we'll see you next time